Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. your sitter. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Host Zach Nikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You guys are listening to the Denver Stiffs podcast channel on the SB Nation podcast network. We did switch over to a new publisher um, this week. So if you guys do not, if you're you're seeing this only on the website, you're not seeing this in your uh, in Google Play, iTunes, whatever, uh, Stitcher, wherever you normally see this podcast, if it's not there, um, let me know and we will get that fixed i think they tell me they tell me the transition went smooth but you never know with these things so we'll see we will see um hopefully though we've got everybody listening because it's a big it's a big show man we had a lot going on despite the nuggets only playing uh just a couple of games this past season past uh, season past week they only played three they were all though uh a lot very interesting with lots of other like side tidbits going on so we've got a lot to wrap up uh on the week that was including Nikola Jokic getting suspended Will Barton making his return to the starting lineup and Jared Vanderbilt uh having his debut in a Denver Nuggets uniform all that stuff I'm going to get to with my first guest which is Mr. Daniel Lewis he's out in Virginia Dan what is happening Oh, just uh, trying to survive winter. Looking forward to six more weeks. And uh, <laughs> you have uh, where does that where does the, so where does the six weeks break? That would be saying so. You believe the groundhog will see his shadow? Uh, I do believe that the groundhog will see his shadow. Yeah. Does so anybody so, know where this like started? I I I mean. I'll go and make a drive up to Puxtani and do some on-scene reporting in a week if you'd like. <laughs> yes. Yes. I need this. Okay. I need this segment for next week's show. <laughs> it could be All-Star Week, damn. We're going to need something, uh, you know, to fill that fill that week's show because we won't have anything to look back on. So, yes, we're going to send Dan Lewis on location to Puxtani. Uh, <laughs> maybe Bill Murray will be there. Who knows? There you go. Uh, what else is new in Dan's life out there in Virginia? Uh, I'm healthy and well, and uh, I I was able to recap the game last night, which would be the game against the Suns, which is nice. Right. Uh, my wife is from Phoenix, and so I've been having to live in shame for a couple weeks after the Suns <laughs> beat the Nuggets uh, two games ago, but you know, kind of got revenge last night. Did you ever, you never just, you know, went scoreboard with her on that one and was like, if you look at the NBA standings, you can clearly see. Well, I mean, she, she still thought that LeBron James played for the Miami Heat, so it doesn't really ah. make a difference for her. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
gotcha, gotcha. A casual fan, casual as we fan. would say. That's okay. That's all right. So your, this is your chance to get her hooked. My my wife was from Texas and was a casual Rockets fan. Uh, I got her hooked on the Denver Nuggets. This is your chance, Dan. You got you got work to do. Yeah, I just I just can't show her too many pictures of Michael Porter Jr. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it's still too early. Yeah, it's still too early in the marriage. Uh, um. All right. Well, we are gonna we're gonna wrap up all those things I said, and then um. We'll also, talk, I want to talk about that Utah game that they lost uh, earlier in the week. Some interesting thoughts there. I have a feeling me and Dan might see Utah a little differently, so this should be some interesting conversation. And then we'll bring on our uh, our for our second half of the show. Mister Gordon Gross will be with us. He's gonna uh, he's gonna talk about that game against the 76ers on Saturday night. And then we will uh, we'll start looking forward. Uh, got a little game we'll play because the the schedule is uh, pretty jam packed next week. So we're going to have to rapid fire get through those teams one one after another. So that'll be the second half of the show. But let's not delay. Let's get right into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, all right, Dan, let's talk about that Utah Jazz game. So the Nuggets, uh, of course, they do not get the win in Utah. They never win in Utah. I was on Mile High Sports and I was talking to uh, Sean Walsh about this and he asked me, he said, why do the, what does the Nuggets seem to classically always struggle in Utah? Uh, and I said, Utah is just a really tough place to play. It's just just the way it is. And then I think Rudy Gobert as well is uh, a really tough matchup for the Nuggets. As we saw um, that that uh, that Tuesday night, uh, not Rudy Gobert had a fa- fairly solid game. I wouldn't say he killed them, but uh, it, was certainly, it was certainly solid. And then the Nuggets, of course, lose 114-108. So, Dan, I'll ask you first. I mean, what is it about this Jazz team that the Nuggets seem to struggle with so much? Well, when they played him on Wednesday night, just to correct that. Wednesday, real quick, sorry, thank you. The Wednesday thank night, um, Jokic actually well, had a actually moment. Yeah, he he had a really good game. Twenty eight points, twenty one rebounds, six assists, and he was aggressive right. trying to get his own shot. But um, I I I don't think Gobert is actually a difficult matchup for Jokic, um, at least for Jokic on offense, Gobert on defense. I think he gives anybody that can jump high and dunk is going to be a difficult matchup for Jokic on. On defense, right. um, <clears throat> I think the the real issue there is just that the Jazz play really physical defense, and as the season has progressed, referees are allowing players to be more physical. Uh, at the beginning of the season, they were really making right, a point of emphasis on the like you know uh, freedom of movement, and right. they're they're not doing that as much as the season has gone on. They've just kind of slipped back into their last season way of officiating, I feel like. And I think that's kind of helped the Jazz a little bit. And so when they when they put out Rubio and Mitchell and Royce O'Neal and Jay Crowder and Joe Ingles, like those guys are gonna just hip you know, they're gonna hit you in the hips, in the sides, you know, just like tug on your jersey. They're just gonna be nagging you. And for guys like Gary Harris, who's not all the way back, or Murray, or Craig, who played a team high thirty eight minutes, like they just aren't strong enough to overcome that. So like someone like Will Barton, played thirty minutes, had twenty two points, was a plus ten. Like he's right. gonna have a good game against those guys because he he kind of embraces that contact. He's not the strongest guy, but he just kind of like bounces off and absorbs it and is able to use it to his advantage. But some of the other Nuggets players just aren't able to handle that kind of a physical game. 
Um, right. You think you think one of those guys was Paul Millsap because he only got 18 minutes. I mean, granted, he was uh, I mean, he was abysmal uh, shooting from the floor. But that was one thing I noticed in that game that I thought was a little bit weird was how the coach had a pretty quick leash uh, with Millsap, which is a surprising guy uh, to see him have a quick leash with. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was feeling a little sick. It is cold yeah. flu season and he has kids. Um, <laughs> Very true. Uh, and like Lyles played more minutes than him, and Lyles is not someone that plays a physical style of basketball at all. Um, right. So, I, I, you know, that's not me reporting. Thing. That's just me guessing. He just looked really off that night. And right. uh, I think another thing that was a difference too is with favors getting tossed, or yeah, tossed after five minutes. Um, the Jazz played really small, and I think that. Malone might have thought, like, hey, I just want to go with, like, a smaller, like, lineup to try to counter that, sure. their speed. Yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, I in the past, Millsap has still been able to play against those kind of lineups, especially if he's only having to guard someone like Jay Crowder um, or, 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 you know, like, or Royce O'Neal or Joe Ingles. Like, I feel like Millsap should be able to guard those guys, but... Um, he just seemed off that night. I don't think there's anything too much to to look into on that, though. Right, yeah, especially, I mean, with the way he rebounded against Phoenix, and not, not literally rebounded, though he did rebound well, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, you know, it's... Um... It was. It was that. Like I said, it was just. It was an interesting thing to see, and I think that's a really good point. When you when you bring in that, the the weirdness can definitely come from the fact that you, both teams had one of their bigs uh, tossed in the first five minutes of the game. Of course, we all saw what happened there. Uh, a little bit of a, a tussle between. So here's the thing that uh, I want to get into this. Um, obviously, there was a tussle between Mason Plumley and Derek Favors. Nikola Jokic gets up off the bench, comes down the baseline, uh, that earned him a one game suspension. Uh, there's been some debate about whether or not it was deserved or, or I guess, or you could say, or is the NBA hypocritical because we've seen similar things with you know, guys like Steph Curry where they did not uh, did not hand out a suspension. And then what I thought that was more curious is, it, to me, and, and obviously I'm biased because I'm a Nuggets guy, but um, it certainly looked like Derek Favors was the instigator uh, in that both when he pulled uh, Mason's arm after right after the play was over, and that's what kind of got Mace to come walk and get back up in his face. Uh, and then, though, even when Mason was doing that, he had his hands out, you know, trying to show that he didn't want to fight. Uh, and then while they were they were discussing, uh, then hmm. Favors pushes him, and then that's when it all you know kind of all hell breaks loose. Um, do you think? I mean, Dan, what do you think? Like, do you think it was justified for for Mason to get the twenty five thousand dollar fine and and favors only to get the fifteen thousand dollar fine? And was it justified to to suspend Nicole Jokic for a game? Uh, so there are several questions there. I'll I'll go one by one. Um, I I do think that the fines for Favors and Plumley were not justified. Um, favors obviously committed a dirty play after the right. whistle, like. And you can, it's not like something where it's like, oh, it was just like his natural motion, you know, us not understanding physics with the way Favors' arms was moving or something. Like, he clearly reaches out and tugs Plumlee's arm after the whistle is blown. Right. Um, Which is a dangerous play. I mean, remember, you remember yeah, what that's, Kelly Olenek did that to uh, Kevin Love, right? It's it's a really Bush League thing. And I'm, I was really proud of Plumlee for stepping up and um, voicing his... Um, objection to that kind of an action and then 
he you know he didn't he didn't push favors favors pushes him, and then Plumley lunges back, but doesn't really look like he's you know he's not cocking back to punch him or shove him or anything. He's just lunging right. back to step back up in his face, and uh, uh, just a side note: do you do you put a filter on the? Can you bleep me out? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, we can. Yeah, you're fine. You, if you... <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, just I was really proud of Plumley for not being a bitch, you know, and uh, for <laughs> stepping up. But uh, so that that was kind of frustrating. But it's worth the twenty five thousand dollars just to show that show other teams that like if you're gonna foul someone, Plumley's gonna step up in your face, and Plumley's a pretty jacked right. dude. And uh, it, I think it was really important for him to kind of step up, and it was good for the team chemistry and everything for Plumley to fight like fight back like that. Um, for the Jokic, 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 oh my gosh. <laughs> For Nicola's suspension, <laughs> um, still getting over a cold a little bit. Um, sure, sure. sure that, that's the problem. But for, for Nicola's suspension, I, I mean, one of our writers for Denver Stiffs, Ryan Blackburn, uh, was pointing out how hypocritical it was for the NBA um, to not suspend players like Russell Westbrook or Steph Curry for stepping onto the court and to suspend Nicola Jokic. And, like, with all love for Ryan, like, that's what the NBA does. Like they are right. not going to suspend Steph Curry for stepping on the court during a preseason game. Like right. they're not going to make him miss actual regular season games for something he did in the preseason, especially something that minor. Um, for someone like Russell Westbrook, they're not going to do that. He's one of the, he's a reigning MVP, or not? You know, he won the MVP a couple seasons ago. MVP, right. He's not going to get suspended for doing that. Like he would have to like punch someone in the face. To get suspended. Right. LeBron right. James barrels people over, talks to the refs all game. Draymond Green can kick someone in the nuts and then yell at the refs that he was the one that got fouled and the refs are going to do nothing. Like, they're they're not going to penalize the things that make them the most money. Yep. And so for Jokic to suspend him for one game against the Phoenix Suns, a game that might not even have been a sellout at Pepsi Center, wasn't a national TV game, they're absolutely going to suspend it for one game and just with a straight face say, well, you know, we're just applying the rules as they're written. And if you have a problem with that, like, watch the NFL. Like, this is the way the NBA is. Like, LeBron James has fouled out eight times in his career. Like, Steph Curry is never going to foul out. If it, if it does, it's going to be a miracle. And then Steve Kerr's going to complain to the media afterwards that he get, he didn't get MVP caliber calls that they should look the other way for some of the things he does wrong. You know, they should have respect James, for his game. James Harden can walk. He can take four steps for his step back three pointers. And the rest are just like, well, it looks like he was gathering his, gathering his dribble, you know, <laughs> like, right. it's just, it's the way things are going to be. Weird. And if you have an issue with that, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It's you feel those... that way. <laughs> It's one of those things, like, uh, people always say, like, you know, you can't compare this to real life. You can't compare sports to, like, real business. But in this case, it really is. Like, that is it. Like, your top the, – the rules are definite, different for your top – the people who generate the most revenue for your company. Like, that's – that is just a fact of life no matter what you're doing. Uh, and it's it's the same here in the NBA. That's why – because there there's the ambiguity in, in the way the rules are written that allows the uh, – allows the referees this – this and, and the league – um, 
a, an amount of inter- interpretation uh, of the events and how they, the rules apply to them. And so that gives them the flexibility to do things like this. And it's, you're, you're absolutely right. This, this is 100% just the way it works. And does it suck? Does it unfair? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I wouldn't suggest you to if, – if you have a problem with that, I would not suggest you go watch the NFL because I think you're going to find <laughs> a lot of the same problems over there. Um, and it's true of any – it's it's true of like any sports league, right? This is – this is the they like like you know the, to to compare it to the NFL the NFL made a rule about where you could hit a quarterback entirely because somebody hit Tom Brady too low and he ended up missing a season like they 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 will 100% do do the exact same thing where they're going to uh, they're going to protect the faces of their league uh, and make sure that those faces are out there 100% whereas whereas other players good players quality players all-star players even uh, aren't going to have the same sort of sway. So, yeah, you know, if you could find an example of, like, you know, Enos Cantor getting uh, out onto the court and not getting suspended, then sure. And, and that's, uh, that's a discredit to Jokic because he's obviously a much better player. But uh, the point being is that he he's not a face of the league, you know. So it's it's the, the rules. You can't compare him to guys who are because the rules are applied different. They just are. It's always, uh, it's always been the case, like, like you said, Dan. You, you know, I'm a big baseball fan. Like, you know, if if someone for the, Luis Severino, a pitcher for the Yankees, is playing an interleague game against, like, the Giants, right? It's a 10:15 p.m. Eastern time start, and he's pitching. He's up against the pitcher at bat, right? And he throws a pitch, and it's two inches outside the plate. They're gonna call it a strike. They're just like, I got dinner plans. Right. You know, like we don't care. <laughs> Star players get star treatment. And if Nuggets right. fans are mad about that, well, maybe, like, don't tweet it out because there's a possibility that in a couple of years when Jokic is getting those kind of calls or Jamal Murray is getting those kind of calls or Michael Porter Jr. is getting those kind of calls that we're going to be like, look like a foul to me. And they'll be like, yeah, well, three right. years ago, you didn't think that was, you know, <laughs> like, you that wouldn't right, have been a right, foul. Yeah, and you're exactly. like, well, it looks, I'm... <clears throat> Now the situation is different, and so I like the way it's going. That like, works in my favor. Right. Like, n- just because it's not in your favor now it doesn't mean that it won't be in your favor later. So I'd say just right. chill and, and I think the, the other day for what it is. <clears throat> the other thing that I think that is important to recognize is, is like, we can do the whatabouts uh, all day long. But, but when you look at, like, the intent of the rule and you look at, at the actions that happened, like, yeah, like, Jokic got up off the bench and as the scuffle started to intensify, he quickened his pace to walk towards the action and was a good 10 feet away from the bench. Like, by the letter of the law, like, yes, he should have got that suspension. And so, yes, is, does it suck that some people don't get the letter of the law applied to them uh, as rigorously as Jokic did. Absolutely. But, but still at the end of the day, when you look at just his event, it, it did warrant a suspension in my, in my opinion. So also like we've seen Jokic like look whip, no look passes to the corner, have like a, a sixth sense of where people are throw over the head passes to people inside the post over right. two defenders. You don't think he was aware of where the sideline was. Like right. he got caught up in his emotions and he made a mistake, and he broke the rules. Like right, and now he and he and, he, and now he got he he served the 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 penalty, and it didn't hurt the Nuggets. So it's you know it's fine. We move on, and uh, we'll move on here in the show. Um, Will Barton in that Phoenix game uh, last night. 
there was a back in the starting lineup for the first time. So with, of course, Jokic suspended Nuggets, not quite back to their opening night starting lineup. We expect they'll have that uh, against Philadelphia tonight. Uh, but do you think, I mean, Dan, do you look at that as a symbol of like, okay, like Will Barton is back. He's, he's fully on. I mean, he played, he played one as one of the few players, like you said, that came <laughs> that jazz game scored 22 points, uh, came back against Phoenix and he put up 14 on 11 shots. Just really didn't have his three point shot going. Was really the only thing had five assists, played a lot, played a lot of the point guard role. Um, as well, I mean, do you do you would you say that Will is is back? Uh, maybe not a hundred percent, but close to a hundred percent. I think I I definitely think he's getting back where he needs to be. Like the a great Will Barton game is like eighteen points, five or six rebounds, and four or five assists with like right. maybe one steal, one block. But he's going to get to the line a couple times. He's going to knock in a couple three pointers. But really, he's just kind of driving the offense. And uh, if you want, if you stayed up to watch the fourth quarter in hopes of seeing Jared Vanderbilt highlights, which we'll talk about later, uh, you you got to see Will Barton kind of back and doing Will Barton things, you right? Know, getting the ball in the half court and making things happen. Um, and it was really nice to see Monte Morris knock in a three pointer off ball. Um, Troy Craig was you know making smart cuts with that second unit, but. Like that's that's where Barton is able to thrive is attacking people in the half court one on one, working his way through the defense, manipulating the help defenders, and finding open teammates. You know he had one one of those weird Barton plays where he drives in, he looks like he's about to fall down and tra- commit a traveling violation, and then he flings the ball out like over his shoulder to the opposite wing, and then right. I think it was like Beasley yeah, made a three pointer, and it's like yeah. I was like man, that's classic Will Barton. You know, just like oh, what's happening? Oh, something good. You know, like, so <laughs> what is Will doing? Oh, yeah. yeah, but uh, I think, I mean, it's unfortunate that Jimmy Butler won't be playing against the Seventy Sixers. But um, don't we play like the Kings coming up pretty soon too? After this, um, let me let me let me check quick. Uh, Phil, Memphis, Phil the, uh, Memphis, Memphis, and then yeah. the Pelicans, and then we play Houston, and then the Timberwolves. We play the Pelicans soon, right? A road trip. Yeah, Wednesday. We play them on Wednesday. Okay. Stay tuned for the second part of our show. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Game 50. Game 50 against Pelicans. But, like, games like that, you know, against the Grizzlies and the Pelicans, um, even against the Rockets, those are going to give us a lot of chances to see Will Barton kind of in better matchups because they're not going to have big, small forwards that are going to punish him or just shoot over the top of him. And I, I think it's... It's good to get him these remaining like ten or so games for the All Star break, to really kind of feature him with the second unit and say like okay like let's get him back, you know to ninety percent ninety five percent, then he can rest up during the All Star break. We may play him heavy min heavier minutes than we might normally, but like you know in those last two games, and then he's gonna get a week off, and uh, he'll be able to attack those final like twenty five games, as the Will Barton that. You know, we wanted to see at the beginning of the season with the starters of Jamal, right. Gary, Will, Paul, and Nicola. Right. Yep. That's the. I. I think. I think that's a good. That's a good formula. 
um, for, for breaking out. And you, and you bring up a really good point. It was really nice to see uh, last night in that fourth quarter because they, they got Monty Morris. And Coach knew he had to get Monty a, a bit of a rest in there in that fourth quarter because otherwise he was going to have to play him straight through. Obviously, Monty Morris is going to be the guy who ends in a garbage uh, garbage time game. Monty Morris is going to be the guy who ends the game as your point guard. So he put, you know, he got, there was a good probably three or four minutes there where Will Barton um, basically was running the point for the for the Nuggets and and he he looked I mean he looked good he did he did uh he did like you said he looked he looked like he looked like old Will Barton uh back to full strength and he did you know the funny thing is is if he just hits his threes last night uh, then he pretty much has exactly that game you know that you were talking about if you if he hits two more if he ends up shooting three for five or, or even if if he ends up just shooting two for five if he just hits one more three uh you know he gets seventeen points five rebounds five assists got a block like that's that is just exactly what you want. Uh, what you want Will to give you. So I think he's really, I, I think he's really close. I, I think you're, you're probably 100% right is that when he gets back from the all-star break, you know, and gets his, his body is now used to playing, but then got a chance to rest up and make sure it's 100% healed. Uh, that's where I think we're going to see Will absolutely out at his, uh, at his peak. All right, let's move on to the, the very last uh, part of the, the, this first half of the show, which is of course, as you mentioned, Dan, Jared Vanderbilt's, let long last makes his Nuggets debut last night in uh, in Phoenix. Well, actually, it was in Denver against Phoenix. Uh, got to play those last four minutes. Scored one point. Uh, I've never seen the the Nuggets bench more excited about one free throw uh, than they were for when Jared Vanderbilt knocked that down. The big thing I think that everybody noticed was the passing, right? Which is great. That was that was the very first thing we noticed about Nikola. Uh, so it's great to have another guy who comes in and shows that like that. He had the uh, the basically full court skip pass. Uh, to Malik Beasley on the break, and then he had that really nice uh, kick out to Tyler Lydon. Lydon un- unable to cash it in, but uh, what a shocker! A pass, not less. <laughs> Dan, you're supposed to be Tyler Lydon fan number one. Come no, on. <laughs> they declined his option. I have declined my role as <laughs> Dan has declined his fandom. <laughs> But, All right, well, Jared Vanderbilt. That option is uh, many years down the road. So. I, it is nice too that we were able to see him against uh, what is basically a G League team to quote Will Barton. Right. Um, but because we didn't get to see Jared Vanderbilt in summer league, and uh, I don't think we're going to be able to see Vanderbilt very often. Uh, they're sending him out to Delaware to play with the Seventy Sixers G League team, um, and you know, <clears throat> who knows what his his role or his minutes are going to be with them. But uh, he looked like an NBA player last night. Uh, with his rebounding and his passing, um, that three quarters of the court bounce pass was amazing. But I thought the pass to Lydon was like a little bit better, just in terms of like, holy cow, like that's something that he's actually going to be able to do every night. And they had him playing center too. Um, you could tell that he just he had no idea what to do on defense. Uh, he looked winded, but like just the. The tools are there. Like if you've watched his college tape, like that he's going to be an energy defender. He's going to be able to get a lot of rebounds, and uh, right. if he can just attack off the dribble like that and get to the free throw line and get to the rim, um, he's going to have a lot of uh, Moses Malone assists, where he puts up a shot, misses, gets his own rebound, and then puts it back home. And then just puts it back in. Um, yep. So that's that's going to be his game for the next eighteen months. That's fine. You know that's that's what the Nuggets want from him right now, and then he can just start to work on developing like a 15-footer, 
you know, something he can shoot when he isolates up. But if he's going to be that kind of like defensive four or five guy that can guard all five positions, but he's playing alongside someone like Mason Plumley or Nikola Jokic, like I, I think, you know, he looks like a great fit right now. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's he. Uh, the thing is, is the the passing is is going to be so vital just in in this with this team and can be an added weapon. Uh, the Nuggets the Nuggets have a lot of guys who cut off the ball really well and have learned to to play off of Nikola Jokic really well. So if you have another guy like Jared Vanderbilt who can play make for others from that forward, you know, from more from a big position down probably near the elbow, uh, doing probably some DHOs where he's the Obviously, where he's the the screener, um, well, it's even, it's just even as a like one one thing that makes the Warriors so deadly is when Draymond Green has the ball and he's initiating, and the Nuggets right. are starting to do this a lot more with Nikola Jokic too with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, where Harris or Murray will screen the center, and right. that puts the smaller guard in a position where he has to switch onto the center, that's going towards the rim and putting him in a post up situation, and that's uncomfortable for guards, and. Right. A lot of times they're going to want to try to, you know, stick with the guard and the center is going to want to try to fight over that screen so the right. guard can, you know, someone like Harris or Murray's going to be able to knock down three-pointers. Well, if you put someone like Jared Vanderbilt, who is much faster and much more explosive than Nikola Jokic is, and put him in a four-on-three situation where there's two guys that are hung up on that pick that Harris or Murray have set, um, or even someone like Malik Beasley... Like, and then you've got like Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, Trey Lyles, Wancho spotting up on the sides or cutting to the rim. Like, that has a lot of potential to be a really good uh, way for the Nuggets to get him open looks because you get him rolling downhill towards the basket with an open paint. Like, Vanderbilt looks like he's going to be someone that's going to be able to uh, rise up above the rim and finish with authority. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To put it one way, no, yeah, that is that is a great point, and uh, um, his ability as as both the ball handler and the screener, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they run. Uh, we might get to see some point at some point in our uh, in, in his career the Jared Vanderbilt Nikola Jokic two man game, um, which could be yeah, like the Plumlee Jokic. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Whereas you got. Uh, uh, you know, that, but that that's the that type of versatility. You know, you can throw the guy in pretty much any sort of uh, any sort of spot on the floor. He should be able to get you some uh, get you some good plays. At least that's the hope. I also noticed, you know, his re- we, we we've heard about the rebounding, the, the nose for the ball, uh, and I thought we saw it with his very. I think did he only get one rebound last night, or did he end up did he he get more three. than three? He had three. Yeah, so it was his first one then. Uh, his very first rebound. Uh, it was definitely like one of those ones where it was like he wasn't really that close to the basket uh, when the ball bounced off the rim, but he just, you know, there was two other Nuggets kind of standing there watching for the ball to uh, fall into their hands, and he just kind of ran in there and jumped up and grabbed it. So uh, there was another, you know, it's good to see you need you want that guy who's got that nose for the ball and that, that effort on the boards, which is something that really the Nuggets uh, – I, I guess I'd say they lack that. It's it's weird to say that they lack it because they've got Jokic who just basically he doesn't like he's not crashing. It doesn't look like he's crashing the boards hard at all, but he just always seems to have. Well, uh, the Nuggets had like fifty seven rebounds last night. <laughs> that uh, is impressive. That's a lot. But that is impressive. You know, like with someone like Vanderbilt, if he's able to get those defensive rebounds, and he's so fast that he can get down the court, you have, you know. Two guys run to the corners, one guy run to the opposite 
uh, wing, and then you have one of the you know, the fifth guy the the fifth person try to set a, a back screen, you know, and get right. Vanderbilt just with a full head of steam going towards the rim with some you know someone like, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, DJ Augustine, just like standing between him and the rim, like I don't think he's gonna be able to <laughs> stop him <laughs> he's from not gonna scoring. Much of a challenge. <laughs> not gonna present much of a challenge. Uh, all right, tell you what, we are uh, we are pretty much out of time here in our first half, so we are going to let Mr. Dan get out of here, get on with his weekend. But, Dan, uh, appreciate you being on, sir. Yeah, thank you. Say hi to Gordon for me. I will. I will, I will definitely say hi to Gordon here in the next five minutes, uh, even though it's really not going to be another several hours before I talk to him. But the magic of podcasting. Right. All that go away. Um, all right. But make sure you guys are following Dan. He's at Minuteman Dan on Twitter. And otherwise, stick around because we will have Gordon and we will look forward to the upcoming week right after this break. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Pickaxe Punnett Show. I'm your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. Spent the first half there with Mr. Daniel Lewis. We want to thank him for spending his time with us to break down everything that happened earlier in the week uh, for the Denver Nuggets. Like I said, a lot that was going on. Uh, and, and the big thing that I think, the big takeaway we all had was Jared Vanderbilt making his comeback. So now to, uh, to continue to break down the comeback of Jared Vanderbilt, I am bringing in down from Colorado Springs, the original JV Stan 
It is Gordon Gross. Gordon, what is happening? Not much. I thought you were going to skip me with Dan getting the uh, all all of the pub on on Jared Vanderbilt, but uh, I'm glad you slipped that into my slot too. I wouldn't do it to you. It's <laughs> like anybody else. I would have been like, ah, we'll just move we'll on move to on. next because we're supposed to be looking forward, not looking back at this point. But I know uh, you you've been a big Jared Vanderbilt guy from uh, from day one, even before he was drafted by the Nuggets. So. Um, what were your thoughts on the on the four minutes he got? And I guess what are your what are your thoughts on the future for Jared Vanderbilt and the Nuggets? Yeah, look, Jared Vanderbilt is still looking forward. Like that's Jared Vanderbilt. Right. My my hope for Jared Vanderbilt is that he's the future. Like that's the Nuggets are missing a couple of pieces. They're missing a big scorer who's not Jokic. They're missing somebody who's a big outside scorer, which is our hope for Michael Porter Jr. Or Jamal Murray. Uh, well, I mean tall. Like, Jamal's 6'3". Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see. Like, you, like, I, yes, you, you meant like, big, like, literally big. I thought you meant big, like, as more metaphorical. I, I mean, like, scoring over the top of people and not having to drive around them and lose the ball in traffic, which is Jamal's problem. Right. Like, exactly. Jamal can't really score over people because he's not bigger than anybody. He's a decent-sized point guard, but, he, you know, he's not bigger than anyone. So they're looking for Michael Porter Jr. to go ahead and be a sort of size mismatch who can also score in volume. But they also need a guy who can defend multiple positions because they have basically zero of those guys right now. So they need a guy who can defend multiple positions, but who doesn't cost the Nuggets their rebounding advantage, which is what's been huge for them, um, limiting other people's um, second-chance points and getting their own. And Jared Vanderbilt is a rebounding demon. Um, he is uh, an athletic and willing defender, and the guy, as he showed in those couple of minutes of court time, a very, very um, astute passer for for his right. size and position. So, right. I mean, there are there are guys who go years, their whole careers, without throwing like maybe one of those passes that he threw, you know, and certainly not the second right. one, you know. It, 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 even even good passers like Mason Plumley don't attempt stuff like that. Um, yeah, that uh, that that full court skip pass is something you only see between I mean, two that's, guys. That's something you see Jokic. Yeah, you know, Jokic will pull that off, but that's about the only guy you would normally see do that on the Nuggets. Threw it left handed because he is a lefty, but he threw it left handed right. with English, like through the seam. Like I got this. Don't worry about it. I don't even know how Beasley caught that. I wouldn't have expected that. They haven't played with him. It almost – I think it caught Beasley by surprise a little well, bit. I think that the only reason he didn't dunk it is because he was like, what just happened? Why is the ball in my hands right now? <laughs> right. Right. Which is – it's funny. That's how it used to be with Jokic, right? The guys would always sometimes uh, be shocked that he actually could make that pass. So um, it was definitely – yeah, definitely exciting. Uh, exciting to see him throw that because you were you were just hoping to get one of those moments. Whatever it yeah. was, you know, you wanted to see that flash – of of what Jared Vanderbilt could potentially be, and I think he definitely got it with that with that pass and the pass to Leiden as well was a nice one. Yeah, well, just um, just being aware, he has a he's a high basketball IQ defending Fareed, which is basically perfect for this team because if, right. if Michael Porter Jr. comes back healthy, you're not going to have a lot of shots open between Porter and Jokic and uh, Jamal. You know, you're going to have Gary Harris having some on nights when other guys are off, but Gary Harris just goes with the flow. He doesn't care. Um, so you're not going to have a lot of extra shots to go around. You can't have a whole bunch of shooters, but you have a guys who can do putbacks and who can do back cuts and who can um, grab the ball and, and uh, pass it back out to another player 
And that's going to be, you know, him. he can run transition as well as Jokic. So you're going to have all of your bigs on the court, which is the nice thing about having Millsap and Plumlee out there, is that you have bigs on the court who can always push the ball down the court. Right. Uh, and Jared Vanderbilt's another one of those. So I'm I am beyond stoked that he's back. Um, love that he's going to be down in the G League getting back in shape and getting uh, his game action on. And uh, I certainly hope to see him in February or March uh, back up with the team. That's right. He said that uh, as he was leaving the uh, locker room there. We heard he said, I'll see you guys in March. Right. Uh, so I guess the expectation certainly is that he will spend the rest of the season, the G League season, uh, in Delaware with the Delaware Blue Coats. Who are the G League team, coincidentally, of the team the Nuggets just finished up beating the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Wire-to-wire win. Nicole Jokic obviously looking fresh. He didn't have to play last night against Phoenix. Fresh and angry. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. It it actually is like, it's probably about as good as a one-game suspension can work out for a team, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you get he got the night off. They still won that game by like what some massive margin. Right. They come back tonight, and he pretty much just he bulldozes right through the Sixers from the uh, from the get go. Well, yeah, he put up what he put that? up like a dozen points in the first what eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah, like he that. was he was scoring angry, and if he could have made buckets, for some reason he couldn't score within three feet this uh, during this game. Right, you know, if if he had been able to put the the bucket in the hoop, you know, he the ball in the hoop, he would have had forty. Like he he missed bunnies, True. and he doesn't usually miss bunnies. He's a he's pretty much a bunny getter. So uh, it was. But he would have only had like twelve rebounds instead. Of <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He would have had a forty twelve and ten instead of a thirty eighteen and ten. Exactly. Exactly. But he was. I mean, he was yeah, great. He... I, Jokic. I had some Philly guys on Twitter being like, well, he's not scoring against – It's you know, who's he scoring against? It's not that big a deal. Okay, well, they're your team. Do you really think that if Embiid's not in that you have no one, like, who should be able to stop anyone? Like, wh- what's going on here? And maybe they don't. Maybe right. – I mean, I know that without Embiid, their defense has been awful, and they showed it again tonight. Right. Well, yeah, and you also didn't have—I mean, you don't have Wilson Chandler, you don't have Jimmy Butler, so they didn't, yeah, they didn't yeah. have any of their front court. I mean, it was, I hear it. It was certainly a tough match, and I get that. But like, I put up thirty eighteen and ten. Like, yeah, it's it's still know, it's still a thing. Uh, There's been thirteen guys in history that have done it, so I don't. <laughs> you, right. You can yeah, tell me exactly. it's not an accomplishment, but I'm telling you, if it's not an accomplishment, it would happen more often. Exactly. Exactly. We we won't read too much in the fact that Mason Plumley also put up seventeen. Uh, of his own, you know, against them, 17-6-4, which was a, a mini line. We won't – that maybe you can chalk up to a little bit against uh, who he was matched up sure. against. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't read uh, too much into that. I think this was just Jokic pretty much, uh, you know, exerting his will. What did you think, though, Gordon, about – so Paul Millsap for the second game now, I mean, he plays 17 minutes, doesn't get a, doesn't get a ton of time. Uh, whereas guys like Tory Craig, of course, Tory he gets. I think did Tory lead? Yep, he led the team in minutes game with thirty five. Well, Tory is our best night. player, so I don't understand why he wouldn't. <laughs> One of six from three. Um, but uh, what do you read anything into to Millsap? I mean, I wonder is is it maybe just because the, you know the toe thing is still lingering? Um, I think he came uh, back too soon. Yeah, yeah. My personal opinion, when they said what he did when he, where he broke his toe. My assumption was it was going to be closer to four weeks than two, and I think he came back too soon, and it's still hurting. And so he had a bad game uh, two games ago. His last game, he was good, 
uh, and then this, again today he can't. He just can't. It's it's gone. Um, couldn't score. Wasn't didn't. It's weird. Millsap looks it's both somewhat athletic well, like... and at times, and then other times looks like he can't move at all. And I I ta- right. I, I just chalked that up to the toe, man. Like if if you're if you're not able to push off. Uh, correctly, you're not going to be able to get those explosive starts. You're not going to be able to move positions quickly. You can't get to the right spot on defense. You can't maneuver. Right. You know, right. it's, you it's no different than turf toe in the NFL. Yeah. You know, there's slightly different injury, but it's if if you can't use your big toe, then you're in trouble. Like that, it causes you issues laterally. And um, Millsap looks like a guy who's still struggling to come back from that. So. Him and Gary Harris both, right? I mean, because that was the other thing I noticed. Yes. Like Gary Harris still looks like he's he's just especially cause he's really struggling with his shot. Uh, we don't have his legs. Tell, he, he doesn't have his legs. Bo- yeah, exactly. It, it, something's just bothering him. Well, and the problem is with, uh, the, with the injury that Gary had, you can't really ride a bike and and uh, keep your your lower strength up. Right. You know, so you're right. yeah, you can't really do much of anything. Yeah, yeah, you just sit there. So it's, I think though the Nuggets, it, Will Barton's still suffering from that too. Uh, Will right. Will is locked in on scoring. He's got his shot, you know, working decently, but the guy doesn't have his energy back. Um, what was it last game when uh, Gary Harris threw him a pass and Will was like, "I'll just pick up speed and catch to it." He 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 overthrew me, but <laughs> right. he just, he just and there was no extra that. gear. And Will was he like, "Oh, I don't it. have an extra yeah. gear right now." <laughs> I mean, it was funny, right. but it's it's true. Like those right. those we are the moments where you notice that they're still coming back from injury. They don't have those extra gears. They're not. Like Gary was explosive, and he jumped up and did that beautiful um, behind the back, you know, uh, hand exchange dunk, right. you know, first quarter, and then landed, and then he didn't have his legs the whole rest of the game. Right. You know, uh, yeah. those are the times where I, I, you look at it and you understand that the Nuggets do not, um, while they are both all back on the court, they still don't have their full healthy complement yet of players. Yeah. Yeah, well, they still yet we've still yet to see actually their their normal starting five yep. since, since the second game of Phoenix. We thought we were going to get it tonight, and then Jamal was out. Um, so maybe maybe in the well next Jamal game, too, we'll man. To like, it. there's a reason that Jamal Jamal's explosiveness he's having trouble. I still think that this ankle injury. Yes, he turned it the other night, but he he's been walking around like he's been having right. lower leg problems, and I don't. Well, and he turned it. He turned it a couple well, probably about a month ago. Yep. Um, about mid-December, I remember he turned it in a game, and it was like one of those ones where it was like, man, you thought for sure he was going to be out, but then he came right back in, and then you're like, okay, well, yeah, but now that the game's over, you know, he's going to sleep on it, that thing's going to swell up. And it was a back-to-back, and he played the night And he played so the just... next game, yeah. Uh, he's he's tough. He's really tough. Um, you can never you can never doubt um, Murray's willingness to play and willingness to gut it out. Um, but right. I think we have... With the Nuggets just have a ton of guys who are gutting it out. Um, right. I don't know what kind of an injury Wancho has, but he looks like a shell of his former self. You know what I mean? Yeah, he like struggled they, as well, for sure. He struggled with his shot. He struggled with his finish. He struggled with concentration. And, like, I don't know what's going on, but there's so many guys on the Nuggets who are definitely not 100%. So yeah, they're they're one of these teams. I mean, they they really could use that All Star break very much. Um, yeah, and just get that week off. And, and luckily, the one guy who so far is is, is seems to be healthy is Jokic. He's probably the only one they need gonna it. Have to do they need him to be healthy and stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, Pay attention, kids. Just stay him. fat and out of shape, and you'll never hurt yourself in your whole life. <laughs> exactly. Just become a basketball savant. Yep. Become a basketball savant who never jumps, and you'll be just fine. 
you will be fine. We'll find a spot for you in the high pick and roll. Um, okay, so, I mean, I, I guess, when I, Gordon, when you, when you finally do get them all back, you know, and you finally have Gary Harris healthy, and I really think it's going to be after the All-Star break, that's when you'll finally start to see, you know, hopefully you spend th- this this last week or two before uh, before the break, um, kind of still integrating everybody, getting everybody used to what the rotation is going to look like. Then you take a week off, and and then you're then you're full, oh, you know, full full steam ahead for whatever the last twenty five games is. I mean, if, if they can do that, what do you? I mean, how good can they be when they've got Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton? Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic all working as one. The team runs circles around lesser teams playing like a quarter and a half of real basketball. It drives Malone insane. Insane. As as they just sort of toy with teams and don't take them seriously and then blow them out by 30. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we sort of saw it tonight against Philly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Malone after the game had a, a quote where he was saying that, you know, he's like, well, I mean, we the, they only shot forty two percent, so I'm trying not to, not to overreact. Right. Uh, it, it's just it, it's funny to me when you when you watch um, how good the Nuggets can play. Um, I don't know that they are fully locked in yet. These are the. Um, this this late January, early February, before the break is tough. It's always tough. Yeah. You've been beat up. Uh, the Nuggets are going to go on the road. They're what play what six or seven on the road from here um, for the next seven games. Right. So, I mean, it's it's going to be um, an exhausting end of the the pre All Star break um, situation. Um, but it, when they come out of it. They should be still the second or third best team in the West. That's what I expect yep. them to be. That I expect them to win 53, 54 games. Um, I expect them to be a power. Uh, and they should be. Like With a full right, complement right. of guys, you're talking about um, three um, main scoring guards in Murray, Harris, and Barton. Who can all get it done? Even though Barton's playing the three, he's still I still counter him as a scoring guard. Right, right. Um, he's a wing. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, that's fine. He's a he's a he's a swingman. Um, but you've got then you've got Beasley, who can score, and you've got Monte Morris, who can pass and score. You have you you have just guards for days. Um, <laughs> that's not even counting it. Isaiah Thomas doesn't have to come back for that. Like they have, right. they have scoring guards all over the place. They have guys who can put it in the hoop. You have guys who can run transition. You have guys who can play on the floor together. You know, uh, Jamal's had a, a huge assist game this year. You know, Gary Harris and Will Barton are, are both good passers. So you have a team that you offensively you shouldn't struggle. Like you've got all of the pieces. Maybe if Millsap can't find his offense, you're, you might have a little bit of a right. trouble. Right. Like, that's really your concern right there. Like, um, putting too much on Craig is one, but once Barton is back, Craig should be back on the bench or playing uh, a more um, limited role. Um, not expected yep. to have to carry some scoring as well as other things. And if Tory Craig is just a slasher who gets passes from Morris and Jokic, that's fine. Like, that, you have no problem with that. 
Um, but it's it's really the only hindrance to their offense, really, for me, would be if Millsap feels like he needs to score and he can't score. Um, right. So I'm hoping that this is a temporary thing while he gets his foot fixed and uh, that once that's done that he'll actually be able to um, contribute as he expects to contribute. Because it frustrates right. him when he can't do it, and it, it creates problems on the floor for the Nuggets because they want to get him going, and if he can't get going, it wastes possessions. Right, yep, yep. And they're, <clears throat> they've got so many other, other options, like you said, that it's it's really frustrating because you know you've got uh, these three scoring guards that you could be, and you've got Nikola Jokic himself as well. <clears throat> Golly. Um, yeah, you don't you, you can, don't want uh, Nikola Jokic deferring to Maul Millsap trying to get Paul Millsap right, going because right. Jokic we've, will we've want to that. do that. Jokic is like my friend needs to score. He hasn't scored in a while. Let me help him, and then you blow three or four straight possessions, and then it makes a what shouldn't be a close game into a close game. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but no, I mean I'm with you. I think this team is going to be right there. I think they're going to be one of the top seeds uh, in the West. They've just got they're they're overwhelmingly talented, and if they're all healthy, uh, you know it, it's. What we've seen, the development that we've seen, I think, really specifically in Jamal Murray, um, and then the development that we've seen in from last season in Will Barton and Gary Harris, you know, where they were at at the end of last season, and and where you expect them to be this season, where where really where Will Barton was at at the end of last season, where Gary Harris was at at the beginning of this season, yeah, those guys just get back healthy and get back to that point. Um, you look at this that that starting unit one through five, and it's it's. You know, it's tough. It's tough to pick a team outside of, of Golden State and maybe Houston uh, who can match up with them. Maybe you know, maybe OKC. Uh, but and they're pro- really, probably not really OKC. One of the like best. that's the impressive thing, um, especially right, with right. Um, especially with Morris and uh, Plumley. Plumley really needed a point guard to help him get back to his Portland days of contributing, and yep. Morris has been that point guard for him. Um, yep. Being able to run pick and rolls, being able to understand. Um, how to work together, and and to be fair, Plumlee has done a lot of work figuring out how to do a pick and roll with another seven foot player. That is not easy. For, <laughs> that that is that cannot be easy. You've never done that in your whole basketball career. Mason Plumlee was never like I'm going to do a pick and roll with me as the ball handler, and the other seven footer is going to roll around me and go to the rim. Right, like that's never happened. Game. Yeah, they, they, he never yeah, did a exactly. two man game with. I mean, maybe with his brothers in the parking lot. <laughs> That's where it is. They're throwing it back to some parking lot ball. Seriously, um, but otherwise, like it's it, those are the reasons. I don't. I don't think anybody has as complete a. I shouldn't say anybody. I don't think that anybody outside of Golden State has as complete of a scoring roster as as the Nuggets. Uh, the problem is, is the Nuggets probably can't stop Golden State and can't stop Houston. So the idea right. is to avoid them for a while, and hopefully they beat each other up, and uh, maybe somebody gets injured. So speaking of Houston, the who will be on the upcoming week, Nuggets have uh, several games here upcoming against some fringe teams, teams who maybe were looking like they were in the playoffs picture and now maybe looking like they're not. So yeah. uh, tell you what, to wrap up the show, Gordon, we're going to play a game here. We're gonna, I'm going to call it Are They Done? It's very simple. I'm going to give you the Nuggets opponent. You're going to give me, I'm going to ask you if they are done in their pursuit of the playoffs or if they still have a chance to make it. Um, and then you will tell me why. So let's start off with the game uh, here Monday night. Memphis Grizzlies, are they done or do they still have a shot? 
I think they're done, and I think they're done because they announced they were going to trade their guys. <laughs> right. Like, right. once you announce you're going to trade answer. the two mainstays of your of your franchise that they're on the market, um, then you've conceded that you don't want. You're not looking to get an eight seed. You're looking to get a draft pick. Um, right. and you're hoping right. to get some stuff back because you've reached the pinnacle of what you can do with those guys. So, yeah, I think they're done. You're like, the lottery rules have changed. You know, having the sixth or seventh spot, eh, it's actually a little bit more decent shot of getting that first overall pick. We do want Zion Williamson if there's any shot at that. So, Well, and, and it's, like another, it's another decent draft, too. Like, it's not just, it's not just a Zion right, draft. Right. It's not it's like... You know, you're not looking at a at a one player draft. There are some decent right. players in this draft that could really help this, the Memphis Grizzlies figure this out right. going forward. You have a lot of guys who would in in other drafts might actually have a shot at you know they're they'd be in a discussion. Well, would, would this guy be your number one overall pick? Right. Um, yeah. If but, if you're talking the Andrew Wiggins just... draft, you know there are guys right. in this draft that that would have gone potentially number one who are not named Zion in that draft. Right, right, but in this, uh, well, I mean, you look at what's his name from uh, Duke, what, R.J. Barrett. I mean, he's yep. in a lot of in a lot of drafts. He's he's going to be a number one overall pick, but uh, uh, not this one just because of Zion. But you're right. I, I can't mean, imagine I'm anybody with... going first over Zion. If somebody goes over yeah. Zion, who is like the 21st century Larry Johnson well, that I have been waiting for forever. You know, we said I can't imagine anybody picking somebody over Luka Doncic, and then well, I know, and then three teams decided. Three teams were like, "We're smarter than the average bear." And we were like, "Oh, that's why you're in the lottery." Noted. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'm with you though. Memphis. Uh, they're done. They're, they're definitely done. done. Uh, okay, so then following that, on Wednesday, they play the New Orleans Pelicans, another team who started off hot, now struggling. Are they done, or are they still have a chance? Uh, that really depends on Anthony Davis, like, and his injury. Right. Like, if it's, if it's the month, then I think they're done. I just, yeah, I, I don't see, it. they built so much around him, and even with him, they've been struggling. Without him, they they can't keep up. They don't have a deep enough team. Right, they like, have Drew Holiday, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I love Drew. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. my, Drew's my guy. But they, they don't have enough without um, without him. They'll get passed in the West. I just, I, I don't I don't see it. Right, yep. I'm with you. They're currently, what, five and a half uh, back of the Clippers who are sitting in the eighth seed without Anthony Davis. Yeah. Um, you know, they're six games under 500 without Anthony Davis. I, I can't losing, see them catching up. Yeah. Yeah, going going on any sort of slide uh, is going to is going to pretty much put the nail in their coffin. Uh, and I, I think you know Anthony Davis is a guy. You obviously don't probably don't expect him back until uh, after the All Star break. After the All Star so. break, man. Like I can't imagine them bringing him back before, but they've still got what seven, eight games before then. Like right, right. Yeah. So yeah, luck. you lose. You know, suddenly if you're instead of five and a half back, suddenly if you're eight. We're nine games back, and there's only 25 games left in the season after the All Star break. You're going to be in a, you know, it's it's a, it's a big, it's a big mountain to climb. So I'm with well, you. Well, and it, and it that. starts making your team talk about trades and like firing coaches right. and trading players right. and like you start getting into how do we go forward from here? You you hit the Memphis territory basically. Right. Um, right. What are we doing? This giant elephant in the room with Anthony Davis and his well, yeah, and you don't think you don't think you can resign Davis, or I don't know if they believe that, um, but right. it, I think that if you've capped yourself out and you can't get anyone else on your roster around Davis, and you've been losing with Davis, that's kind of an issue for you. Right, right, yep. 
All right, so uh, next they play the Rockets. Rockets clearly are Rockets are out. Rockets are definitely out. Rockets Rockets are out. They're clearly not done as they're sitting in the the fifth spot. So let me ask you this. How high do the Rockets – do you think the Rockets go in the standings? Uh, Well, I'm certainly hoping that they don't uh, wind up being uh, against whatever the Nuggets are in the playoffs. So if the Nuggets are third, I definitely want them to be higher than sixth. Right. Yeah, you want them to slide into that four five. Yeah, yeah. You do. The Nuggets do not want to play Houston in the first round. Houston is the worst first round matchup for the Nuggets. Well, they don't want to play. They don't want to play Houston in the second round either, though. I think is the. They thing don't want to play Houston at all. Like, Nobody exactly. never play Houston. Just don't play them. It's fine. Well, and that's what you're hoping. So you're really, I think you're hoping. You know, the Nuggets end up somewhere in that two three spot, and Houston ends up sliding into the 4-5. You want 4-5, so yeah. You want, you want yeah, Denver so that way they, and you want Houston in the 4-5. That's exactly what you so want. Then they, yeah, so then they get Golden State in the second round. So either way, yep. you know, at least one of your two, one of your two big hurdles. You really want you really want the Thunder to slide somewhere into that 4-5-2 as well. And then, you know, nah, I don't, the Thunder get, don't scare get me. Get Portland. Uh, it, you maybe get yeah. Port- I'd rather have Portland than, uh, uh, than OKC in the second round. You're but. just saying that because Portland's been awful in the playoffs. That's right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so have them have them if you have them hop up to the three seeds, you know, have the Thunder fall down to the four, Rockets stay right there in the in the four right. five uh, spot, and then that, that works out perfect for you. Um, we'll see if it happens. I think the Rockets could though. I think the Rockets could end up in that two three spot with the Nuggets. I think that's how it's going to end up. I I think the Rockets uh, will be fighting. I uh, once they, I mean, they're they're just crazy right now with James Harden going Harden, berserk. Right. But um, once they get everybody back, um, they they understand how to play again. Um, they forgot that for a while because they changed their roster like ridiculous idiots this off season. <laughs> they had mellow. Well, I don't. What were you thinking? Like you had, right. you were right there. You were a Chris Paul hamstring away from beating the Golden State Warriors, and you were like, "Let's just swap half the team out. It'll be fine." Right, let's get rid of the perimeter defense for Who needs Mello. defensive players? In fact, let our defensive <laughs> coach retire. This isn't important. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny how that all worked out. And they do have for, Let me ask you this. you think the Nuggets got a better shot at them? Or you, do you feel more confident um, facing them on Wednesday knowing that they're going to have Kenneth Fareed at center instead of Clint Capella? No. No? Yeah, because James Harden is still Because James Harden can still run the damn pick and roll and throw it right over Jokic's head for like 18 Fareed dunks. So, no. Right. Yeah, that's true. I would I would literally rather play Golden State in the playoffs than Houston. Oh, me too. But I don't think the Nuggets got a ch- shot against either one of them. No, they don't. Um, but, but they might take a game from Golden State. They might go to six. We might get a right? gentleman's sleep from games. Golden State. I don't know what yeah. we get from Houston other than laughter. Right. That is that is a very good. Point. They're just not. It's just not, right, it's not a good matchup. It's not that the Nuggets are outclassed. It's just a bad matchup. Everything Houston does yeah. well, the Nuggets cannot stop. And they're a little bit outclassed. And they're a little I bit outclassed. Because yeah. they don't have as good as Jokic is, he, he's not as good as James Harden. Well, he he so. can't score. He, he won't put up sixty. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, exactly. All right. So, and then the Nuggets got one more on the docket. This is probably maybe the most interesting or the most debatable. Uh, are they done or are they not? They play the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday. So, Gordon, are the Timberwolves done, or do they still have a chance to make this playoffs? Uh, I I say they got a chance. I they aren't done. Um, and that's partly because of the fact that I don't trust um, the Pelicans aren't going to climb back into it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's partly right. a factor of where they currently are. Um, right. But really, 
Uh, I don't think that they are out of the playoffs, but I definitely think that they're looking at like a 7-8 seed and not a not anything higher than that. Oh, yeah, I know. They're definitely going to be kind of in the similar. If they do make it, they'll be in the, the similar spot they were last season where they're probably trying to squeak in. Uh, on the last well, day what you're looking at like what that. you're looking at is who's going to fall like I don't expect yeah, Portland to fall I don't expect the Jazz to fall so you're looking at the Clippers you're looking at San Antonio one of those guys has to fall out for Minnesota to climb back in can that happen that can absolutely happen like we, there's still a bunch of injuries to go there's still you know the Clippers have been struggling recently like it is entirely possible for Minnesota to climb back into it um, but they're looking at they're looking at get, being a bottom seed so they're looking at trying to right. avoid Golden State, essentially. Right. Yep. I, you know, I wonder if they if they can do it because, like I said, they've, they've essentially got a leap three teams right now. They're sitting in the yeah, but spot, like they're they're like two games, games back. back or what? Three games back. Right. Eight. They're three three games back. Yeah. Clippers. So, so here's the thing. So you, I can see them leaping the Clippers and the Kings, uh, who are in front of them right now. The, the the big though, the big tough one is the Lakers. We're sitting there at ninth right now. So the, the, you figure if if the Clippers are going to fall out, you figure the Lakers are right. That's that's the team in the pole position to to jump into the playoffs in one of those. Uh, I guess. Seeds. I I guess I'm just not a Lakers believer. Like I'm a LeBron believer, but I'm also a believer that what works in the East does not work in the West. And right, um, the Lakers are it not last year's. Are, seed, they're though. not last year's Cavaliers either. Right. I could see, I could see them. Though I just think, like, I think. I mean, they're the right Lakers there. I'm just saying. Likely, if you asked right. me if I if I had to pick the Lakers or the Timberwolves to get in, I would probably pick the T Wolves. Really? Yeah. See, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely be the opposite. I would say the Lakers for sure, just because they have LeBron. And I figure, I figure LeBron can at least will them to an eighth seed. Yeah, but LeBron doesn't will anyone anything in the regular season anymore. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. He's he might have to. This he time. might have he's, to. He is going to have to. Saying, he I don't know if he's got that. Time. Like I don't know if he has 30, 30 more games of of being LeBron to get them to the playoffs because he's going to have to drag them there. Right. Like they're going he's going to be right. dragging them across the finish line like a sack of grain. So I don't know that he's got that for for thirty games. Like that's why he usually conserves his energy to get to the playoffs. Right. So really and honestly, really if he wants if, if he wants Luke Walton gone, then uh, the idea is to not make the playoffs. That is true. That is true. Wouldn't it suck, though, if they get in and they get, like, the seven seed and the Nuggets are the two seed <clears throat> and the Nuggets get LeBron in the first round of the playoffs? I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be terrible because I think we'd lose. Uh, it's seven games, crazy. man. It's seven games. Yeah. The Lakers The Lakers yeah. can't hang with the Nuggets for, for, with a healthy Nuggets squad for seven games. It's true, but the Nuggets have no one who can defend LeBron James. Sure they do. His so. name is Nicole Jokic. It's not a problem. His name is Nicole Jokic. Put him out there. No problem. I have one no question problem. for you, man. Um... What right. do they have to go on this road trip to get, say, the to make sure they get like say the three seed to stay out of the four five to to avoid um, playing like say Houston in the first round? What do they have to do on this road trip? Yeah, you you got you got six of seven on the road, man. Coming up to avoid having Houston. Well, I, I don't think they're going to play Houston in the first round, no matter what. Um, I think Houston will be too high of a seed, and they'll be too high of a seed. To, to end up being a first round matchup because I don't think they see, I don't see him as a four five. Uh, I th- like I said I think those are your I think the Houston and, and Denver are your two three seeds. Uh, what are they going to go? I'll t- I'll have this. I'll, I'll just give you my prediction. I'll tell sure. you what they are going to go. Um, over these these next seven games, oh they got one. These the only quality teams they got in there are really Houston, Detroit, and uh, Philadelphia. Did you just say Detroit is the quality team? 
I was I was throwing it out Have there. Have you never Detroit's watched right? Detroit I mean, play basketball? Well, they're 21 and 27. Yeah, that's right. They're not doing as good. They got Blake Griffin. He's all right. Did you, did you not uh, see Blake Griffin like, <laughs> talking about how much they're trying to blow games? And then that's Reggie true. Jackson comes over and mocks and poses in front of the camera like an idiot? Come on. I did see that. I did see that. I thought the Pistons were doing better for some reason. They, uh, I guess not. Um, all right, so then there you go. So then they really only got quality teams are Philadelphia and Houston that you'd really be worried about. Let's say they drop. Oh, they're dropping them, Philly. That's the end of the road trip, man. They are um, definitely yeah. dropping Philly. I think they go four and three over the next seven. That games. sounds about right to me. Yeah, yeah, four and three, maybe five and two if they if they're if they're really lucky or if they they play really well. Five and two and would be terrific. Four and three is what I expect. Right. And I think four and yep, three probably is, is what they need to go into the All Star break on the right on the right footing. Well, because they still got the two, then they got the other two home games, which should be both wins. But yeah, they're two home games, um, man. Miami you should close Sacramento. that out right before the break. Right, right. All right, tell you what, we are uh, we are out of time here on the Pig Exponent Show, so we will wrap it up. Uh, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Uh, of course, at Denver Stiffs, at Pickaxe Pundits. Make sure you're following us over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs and subscribing to our YouTube channel. That's where you will catch many of our post-game and pre-game press conferences, at least for the home games, uh, and occasionally on a road one when when Brennan Vote just randomly decides to drive to Utah. For a game, and they get trapped um, in Wyoming. <clears throat> yes, and they get trapped in Rollins, Wyoming. Uh, the worst, the worst place on earth to be trapped. I am sure. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Rollins. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shout out to anybody from Rollins. We love you. Um, make sure you guys are also subscribing to oh, the Denver Stiffs podcast de- network, podcast channel, whatever you want to call it. iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're getting your podcast. Like I said, if you if you don't see it there and you normally do, let me know because we did change our publishing platform this week, so that could be the reason for the glitch. So if you don't see it, let me know. Uh, and I think I think that is that is pretty much it. So, uh, Mister Mister Gross, appreciate you being on as always, sir. Happy to be here, man. Let's uh, hope we get to enjoy another good week of basketball. That's right. That is right. It'll be an interesting road trip. <clears throat> upcoming for sure but um we will we will break it all down for you guys a week from today so we will talk to you next week <laughs>